guys and welcome to the Startup Diary episode 212. That is an anagram. Is it an anagram? Uh, uh, oh, forwards uh, and backwards. I don't think that's no, called it's an not anagram. an anagram. No, it's so, not called yeah, an anagram. Um, why did you have to open with a oh, question like that? I wish I knew what it was So what's going to happen is as you're doing the intro, yeah, I am going to Google, I'm gonna Google something that goes back and forth. Guys, we welcome to another show of the Startup Diary. We had a previous episode, 207, which was called Getting Fired by a Client, which was a great episode uh, about a bit of a, a rough patch that we had with a previous client. Um, but today, we're kind of having a bit of a follow-up because um, you went down last night. I'm smiling because it's got a palindrome. Palindrome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew when I said anagram, it was wrong. Uh, but yeah, you went to see this client last night. Yep. Was it? Uh, oh, yeah, yesterday afternoon. Yesterday. Um, sounds like things went well or you managed to... Uh, or Well, when you went down there, you had a bit of a chip on your... Sh- not a chip, but you had a bit of a swing in your <laughs> oh, shoulder. I had a chip on my shoulder. I had a chip on my shoulder, let's be honest. So... Uh, Fill me in. Fill, so what, sorry, what episode was the last one? It was 207 that 207. we talked about this. And this was all about getting fired by a client. And so I don't want to repeat everything in episode 207. Context of that was super simple. Person came into the business. To be honest, they were already in the business, but I wasn't made aware that they were a stakeholder in this project. I yep. didn't actually aware that it was their budget we were dealing with. So lesson for me, cliff notes of that was make sure all stakeholders were involved because mm-hmm. he, he basically needed to cut budget. And we were part of the budget that he wanted to get cut. So obviously, I know I'm going into a meeting yesterday with someone in that room that wants to get rid of expert trades. They want to fire us. Simple as that. They want that budget to use on something else that they believe in. Yeah. And truth of the matter is, and he was very open with it at the start of the meeting, he just doesn't understand what we do. So if I don't understand it and I'm not seeing communications, you just need to go because I need to put it into something that I know works because that's what he's reporting back on. So I could have gone into that meeting with a chip on my shoulder, gone in, stressed the T's and C's of the contract, done all this stuff, um, and gone in like wartime CEO attitude, like back against the wall, let's just fight this out. And what the result of that would have been, because I would have got my money, simple as that. I, I, would, have, I, I would have got paid. All the shirt off his back. <laughs> we would have got paid, but what would have happened, we would have ended up having a very poisonous relationship with that client because mm. all of a sudden they're, they're, they're feeling forced into it. So just reading this book at the moment, and I know we've referenced it before which is Never Split the Difference, which I'm a big, big fan of that book. It's actually in that box next to you down there. What It's the yellow cover. Yep. Who's the guy? Who's the author? I always I always forget. So as you grab that, this is a book called Never Split the Difference. And this is, mentioned it before, Hostage Negotiator. Chris Voss. Chris Voss, Hostage Negotiator turned business with, owner. With Tal Raz. Tal Raz. And the biggest, the biggest thing from that book, if I said to everyone, if you don't want to read the book, just remember this one line. It's not what they do or it's not what they ask for, it's why they ask for it. So six months ago, I probably would have gone in with a little bit of swag about me. Listen, you're in contract, guys. Da, 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 da. <clears throat> but I went in, and we've got one super fan in that company, and we've got one person that clearly just wants to get rid of us. So as I actually walk into the meeting room, I've got two choices, because God's honest truth, the person that loves us is sat that side of the table. The person that oh, well, okay. does not want us is sat that side of the table. And I'm like... <laughs> I, I bet that was ferocity. <laughs> I was just like, but I went to the game plan, which was super simple, which is what is the best case scenario out of all this? And the best case scenario was this person that doesn't want us to do any work actually understands why we started to do some work in the first place, understands the value that Mm -hmm. we drive, believes me, and then says, actually, yeah, let's give this a crack. And then we've got a healthy, positive relationship that we know we've got to overperform on to make up for the lack of comms in the last, last quarter. I thought that's best case. 
Worst case is we go in, we basically go in and have a knife fight, and eventually it's like, yeah, do the work, we'll pay you, then mm. I don't want to see you again. Yeah. And the thing is with this industry, it's so small, mate. As you, as we know, it's so yep. small. So I thought, actually, the the downside of me going in like with a wartime attitude, the downside is much bigger than just not getting paid these invoices. Mm. It's the knock on effect that ah, if expert trades don't get their way, they try and strong arm, like, and that for me would just be criminal. Yeah. Like the reputation's ridiculous. So went in with a complete understanding of, I know that contractually we can drive this forward and you have to do the work. Simple as that. Not even have to do the work. You just have to pay us. You're in a, you're in a contract. But I went in with a completely different attitude yesterday. I went in with the empathy to basically say, listen, what you're asking for is you're, you're asking to get rid of me. Don't care about that. This is what I went through mentally before I went in. You, you want to get rid of me. So Chris Voss went to that line because I'm just a big fan of taking like one-liners and just sticking with them. Ignore what he's asking for. Think about why he's asking for it. He's getting a lot of internal pressure to deliver on his KPIs. There's a company in there that he hasn't had any communication with for mm. six months and all of a sudden there's, there's money going out of his budget. That for him is stressful. He doesn't have a clear understanding of what we do and what we're trying to do as the business because we spoke to the wrong person, not the wrong person, but one of the stakeholders. So as I walk into the room, super simple, went in, rather than sitting next to the person that I know is a fan of what we do, I just went in, uh, and this isn't about being cap in hand, went in, complete level of empathy for his position and just opened it up with, listen, here's where we are. We have not achieved what we would like to do for you in the first two quarters. Mm. Here's what we've done. Here's what we haven't done. And regardless of where there's blame, it's my fault. Simple as that. It's just my fault. So let's just not, because internally they're having like this debate of like, well, you should have done this. Yeah. And I was like, listen, let's just take all that off the table. We've dropped the ball. But here's what we've done to try and remedy it with the extra work that you did in Q2 and bits like that. Today, what I want to do is get out of it, explain to you exactly what we do so you understand it. Because I understand that it takes a good hour, two hours yeah. to understand our model. Because we're, we're a little bit different. People think of us as an agency, but we do things a little bit differently. And I also understand that what he's used to dealing with is an agency that if you don't do the hours, don't hit the deadlines, you lose all that. <clears throat> I was like, that's not how we roll. I want to do a long-term relationship. And coming in today, I still think there's an opportunity to do that. So I went in with a, with a genuine comfort around... If he still doesn't get me after the two-hour meeting, if he still doesn't get it after hour one, I'm just going to let him break contract because I don't want to force me, mm. I don't want to force the team to be working on a contract with a client that is just poisonous. We just don't have the time and energy to do it. But the exact opposite happened. Like, he obviously, he went in ready for war. You could just tell. He went in ready for war. So we went in, da-da-da, and it just, like, it just... The best way I can explain it is, like, imagine there's a valve in the room and I just went... Tsh, and all the stress just went, like everything went. Within 15 minutes of that meeting, we we're brainstorming on a whiteboard together. Wow, okay. And that, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like, because I went and sat on his side of the table and I was like, listen, I'm not here to, to drive this forward. I want you to understand what we do. I'm going to take full responsibility for what we haven't done. We're going to own that and we just want to put it right. Because in six months' time, I want you to have enjoyed working. I want to make your job easier. Yeah. I want you to enjoy it. And then I want you to renew as a contract. <clears throat> that's what I want from this conversation. 15 minutes in, we're doing it. So the reason I wanted to just highlight this on the show and you wanted to do the throwback to episode 207, and I don't know where this is going to go or if this is it, it's walking into that room with empathy for your customer. Even when th it's so easy to have empathy when you're when things are in your favor. Like it's so easy to 
if you, if your downside is small, it's so easy to be empathetic. If if a member of the team's having a bad day, it's so easy for me to just try and console them. But when there's like five figures on the line, it's so difficult to have empathy for that person. But going in and trying to basically get the guy, get you and him on the same page. The thing is on the Chris Voss book, it's if you can get to a position where you're working together for the same solution, what I understand is we both want the same thing. I want to have a successful relationship and drive his KPIs. Yeah. He's got internal pressure to drive his own KPIs. So why are we fighting this? Because I know I can achieve better than what his print media is doing. He loves print. He's just that guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. He loves print. I know I can drive better results. And I just had to say that. I was like, listen, I'm going to drive better results. And I said, all the stuff that we do, you don't really need to understand. What is it that you care about? And he's like, I want meetings booked with my regional sales managers. I was like, cool. Then just let's just do that. All the stuff that is confusing all the, all the conversations about how we use Facebook ads and custom audiences and our community and the community size. I was like, what's the meaningful number for you in terms of RSM appointments every month? He was like three per RSM per month. We've got eight RSM, so 24 meetings a month. So if we do 24 meetings a month or introductions, not even the meeting, introductions, if I do 24 of those a month for six months, you just will be over the moon and you'll be like, yeah, this is cool. And because I found that common goal, I'm like, okay, just so you know, brainstorm, whiteboard, did a, here's what we're going to do. But you don't have to worry about any of this. We'll report back on it. But the number that you're going to measure me on, just so I'm clear, is this. He's like, yeah. I was like, great. And that was it. We're just on the same page at that point. So for me, wanted to jump on the mics and just basically explain it's so easy for me to get defensive and aggressive in terms of when it's, yeah, it's my livelihood, it's the profit or loss of the company. Going in and understanding that even when a client has an issue with you, it's not a personal issue with you. It's not personal. He, ha he has his own pressures to deal with. And I at that point, I'm just a fucking annoyance for him. I'm, a, I'm, a li I'm an expense line on his quarterly account and he's like, I just need to get rid of that. So what was the outcome of... Uh, like what's the situation with the contract then? Um, are they... Uh, for example, are they paid up but haven't received the work or did they cease payments and because they've they've seen no work or what what's the situation with the contract now? Yeah, so basically we did, uh, they held back on one quarter's invoice and they're like, listen, we're not paying it hmm. for X, Y, and Z. Uh, and that's a fairly substantial amount of cash uh, for a small business like ours. Uh, and then obviously the way that we work with our partnerships is we have a, we have a, a limit to the number of people that we can take yeah. on a service. So like, because we have, and that's a risk to the business, to be honest, because we have a certain amount of spots for partners when one, two, if, if some of them go wobbly, it can have a big impact on our cash flow. Hello, it's James from My Dad Wrote a Porno. Now, Christmas just wouldn't be Christmas without a bit of badly written erotica by a 60-year-old retired dad. And you're in luck because this year's Christmas porno special is available right now exclusively on Spotify for two weeks only to get you in the festive mood. Not only that, but you can also listen to all four seasons of My Dad Wrote a Porno, as well as thousands of other amazing podcasts for your oral pleasure. Just head over to Spotify and start listening right now. So where we were with the contract, they were like not paying and they wanted to break contracts so they didn't make the final payments. So we were going to lose like 50% of that client's account over, over 12 months, which is a, a big chunk of change. Yeah. It turns out that his fear was, I'm not getting any work done and you're an agency. So if you're not doing the work in July, then I've paid for work and it's not mm -hmm. happening. And I was like, no, no, just so you know, what's actually happened is I've spoke to my contact, who I thought was the contact, and said, listen, I know you're not ready for us to launch this campaign. You shot, went and shot the video, did all that. I know you're not ready for it. And I'm trying to not drop too much to 
fucking throw the client under the bus. So <clears throat> you went out and did that campaign. They're like, the product's not ready. It hasn't got this this criteria yet, this warranty, this guarantee, whatever it is. She was like, not a pro-. I was like, not a problem. When you're ready, tell us. Email her every other, every other week, every three weeks. Say, are we ready yet? She went, no. So she knew that the hours were banked. She knew that once she started, we would just carry on work as normal. Yeah. And when I went in and just explained that, just that alone in the beginning, I was like, listen, just so you know, we're not like most agencies. It's not use it or lose it mentality. I've been having a chat with my contact. I was like, and he was like, I didn't know that. And that's the thing. That's a little frustrating from our end. 100%. Like to, to think that um, all of this could have somewhat been eased by a little bit more internal comms from, from their side. 100%. But obviously and they're a bigger company, so I imagine that they don't... Have direct contact with each other. Well, to be honest, those those two people are <laughs> working. They were are in working, the same room at that time. Fairly, they're generally working fairly close on a week to week basis. Yeah. But I think they probably have a lot of autonomy, what, though. Too. Yeah, people are busy. What's top of my agenda is not top of theirs. Yeah. So it was just. It was like ah. So we've still got two quarters worth of work with you guys. I'm like, yeah. This is this has been this. And the thing is, I could have gone. Yeah, yeah. I've told that person. But then all of a sudden, I'm losing my fan. I'm losing my advocate. I can't throw that person under the bus that I've told this to. And I was just like, and that's when humility comes in. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I apologize if that wasn't communicated clearly. Because mm. I've just got to own that right now. It's not about, because the last thing I want is to fucking get him on board. And then all of a sudden, she's not on board. I'm like, mm. shit. Like, it's just a bad situation to be in. Because as soon as I leave that meeting, you have to understand there's dynamics internally. All of a yeah, sudden, if I leave, those two say, why did you make me like a dick? Yeah, da, 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 da. So I was like, yeah, I'm sorry that wasn't communicated clearly from my side. And then again, it was like pressure release valve. Like, okay, I get it now. So you did this thing that didn't work in Q1. So you did double the work in Q2 for us to go above and beyond to make up for it, which is actually fair play, guys. We appreciate it. And we haven't done work Q3 and 4 because this campaign is not ready, but we can still launch it Mm. whenever you want. And I was like, yes. He's like, okay, what's the plan? Then we jumped onto the whiteboard. And then the meeting finished and we sat and just chat about family and life and stuff for 20 minutes afterwards like we were best buds for five years. It's just absolutely <laughs> mental when you go in with that degree of empathy with a client because they have their role in the company, they've got pressures, they are real people, they don't want to fuck you, they just have their own thing to look after. And as soon as you can say, well, it's actually in both our best interests if we get this right, get on the same page and you can drive it forward. And for me, it was the first time ever, I, you know me, I normally would have gone in just like, like, guys, let's fucking, whatever you want to do, let's just argue this out because I'm getting my money. Like, that's normally the attitude that I would have gone in with. But this, I don't, it's the book, it's the essentialism, it's the focus, it's having the degree of confidence and understanding how bad a poisonous client is for the business. If something goes bad for one client, it has a huge knock on effect to everything else. So the cost to have one bad client is too big. Yeah. The cost to have one negative employee. R.I.P. Raj. The cost to have one negative. (laughs) (laughs) The cost to have one negative employee in the business is too big for me. I have the same feeling with clients. Uh, Sadly, I can't have the same thing with customers, even though I'd love to. Um, And it's just, it's the fact that you just need to implement that degree of empathy, one for the client, the customer, the colleague, and the impact they're having for the rest of the business. That's, That's an awesome macro position to be in when you understand that for me. So yesterday, enjoyed it, got got not just the best result, a result that I wasn't even expecting, that me and him were like chatting like buds after five minutes. Got a very clear KPI, all rosy. So anyone that's listening, Cliff Notes, have empathy when you go into a room. Be prepared to walk away from a deal if it's going to have too much of a negative impact if you drive it forward. And go and listen to episode 207 to understand why we got ourselves in this fucking mess in the first place. (laughs) Just to wrap this up, um, did you 
this sounds like it was the first time that you've practiced this technique. Yes. So you you, <laughs> you were you got not lucky, but you were able to recall everything and didn't fluff up. Like it would have been very easy when um, the guy said, um, "Why did we not?" Uh, sorry, going back to the the banked yep. quarters that you had, it would be very easy for anyone just because as soon as someone says something, you respond. You could have gone, "Well, I told her." Yeah. Like that takes a little bit of. Did you, I guess you just kind of stop breathe think about what you're going to say before you uh before yeah you, before you respond well, I, ju- I just mean you, it sounded like everything went really well where it could because it was it could have been a very temperamental yeah situation. 100% could have been and I, th- I think it wasn't the fact that i thought fast on my feet it's the fact that i went and this is an awesome question to wrap up you have to just understand before you go into the meeting what's the macro goal of this meeting like what do you want to achieve and i thought i want to make sure that everyone in that room understands the value that we drive and wants to and remember everyone in that room understands what we do and wants to work with us so me throwing people under the bus blame game does not hit my macro goal so if you as soon as you go in with that mentality any question that comes in all of a sudden if you follow your macro goal it's okay yeah i need to own this because i can't throw anyone under the bus here and that's when just the empathy and the humility comes into it so it wasn't like shit i need to like think faster it was just like yeah, cool. Like, this is where we are. Like, I own that mistake. And when you go in, and the only way I can explain it is like, if you haven't watched it, I know you probably have, but Eminem, Eight Mile, Last Battle. I literally took that approach. Mm. Like, we should call this like something like the, like, Eight, eight Mile. Like, I don't know. You can think of it something <laughs> like, but something like, I went in, I was just like, listen, guys, like, I was actually going to recite some of the I was going to drop some bars, but I'm not going to. Fuck the beat, I'll go a cappella. Fuck a papa da. No. Um, anyway, I just went in, I was like, and I just took all the ammo off the table. Hmm. And what that does is it just puts you on a level playing field. I was like, like, because I showed you the agenda beforehand was a witch trial for me. It was 19 bullet points of explain yourself. So I covered that off before the meeting. And again, this has probably opened up another can, but I got an agenda which was basically. Tell me why you're so. Tell me why you should even be considered to continue work. Tell me why this mistake happened. This mistake happened. This mistake. I'm like, but mm. so I went in. I was like, listen, put a word document together, replying to all this. I was like, we've only got two hours, so here's all, <laughs> here's all your answers ahead of the meeting. If, if any of these aren't clear, let me know. But I don't want to come down to the meeting and just go over this because we're going to be in the same position we're in now. We are literally going to be in the exact same position. Yeah. With poor communications, no structure, it's no process. Much. Yeah, 100%. So I covered all that off, took it off the table, de-armed them. Mm. Went into the meeting, de-armed them. Listen, understand where we are, blah, 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 my fault. Let's get on the same page. Did the eight-mile thing and it worked a treat. So the cl- Mike <laughs> drop. <laughs> so the cliff notes of this are read Mike Ross's book, uh, Never Split the Difference, go and watch Eight Mile and dominate in meetings. Simple as that. And if you want to click the link to buy that book. <laughs> now, guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, episode 212 of The Startup Diary. If you've got any questions, you can send them in via email. It's harrison at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. And if you are not following us yet on Instagram, I'm getting a little bit busy on there again. It comes and swings around about, so you may as well jump on right now. I'm always apprehensive to throw over the gram to you because <laughs> I'm like, do we remember the handle? <laughs> I believe it's Startup podcast jump on there you'll see some of the stuff behind the scenes and guys thank you so much and if we've always got to do one plug the only thing we ever really really push for 
for these review in iTunes. We want 100 reviews in iTunes by the end of August. And I believe we're on something like 85 right now. So, guys, head over to... Uh, the podcast app I forgot uh, that uh, somewhere <laughs> head over to the podcast app hit, hit that five star review and tell us about why you listen to the show how you find out about it and we will read it at the top of the next episode guys thanks so much speak to you soon